What's up, everybody? Tyler here from the Antihero Podcast, and I'm selling out for an ad. However, none of this would be possible on the audio platforms without Spotify for Podcasters. Spotify for Podcasters allows me to record, edit, and distribute to all audio platforms for the Antihero Podcast. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, all you need is a mic and a computer. Hell, I don't even think you need that. I think you literally just need your phone. Spotify for Podcasters is for you, so give them a try. What do they call the CPR that's strictly for a show? It's called something where you're just doing it to do it, even though they're like, well, old. so you you're supposed that? to do it because we can't pronounce <laughs> you're not somebody a doctor. dead. Yeah. It's ice you know, cold. Un- until their head's chopped. You that thing I texted you about uh, Mexico? And the minigun just shooting at people? What, did you read the headline? It said, no. It said Mexican. It said Mexicans. (laughs) That's all you read? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) The Mexican army. They arrested uh, El Chapo's son today. Oh, okay. With a minigun. Not that that's going to matter because when you read this in two weeks, it'll be old news. Mm -hmm. Or when you hear this in two weeks. But that's current news right now. uh, But I guess they, like last time when they arrested a cartel dude, the cartels just go nuts. Mm-hmm. And threaten to kill all the civilians until the government lets them go. Well, yeah. There will always be cartels, so. Did you see that uh, Andrew Tate got arrested? Yeah, in Romania. You look so sad. Yeah. <laughs> I like First him. the Green Ranger dies, yeah. and then Andrew Tate. <laughs> That's the name, Andrew Tate, right? Yeah. But, I mean, it was going to happen. Something was going to happen to him. Why? Because he's always saying what he wants to say. So you're saying like a conspiracy? Yeah, I always think it's a conspiracy. He was it was tra- it was human trafficking charges, right? And well, mind you, this is Romania, so I have no idea what the laws are there. So prostitution here is pretty common in the states. Yeah, but prostitution there could be human trafficking, right? Possibly, I don't know. Romania, that's where people buy people. So is it I'm, bad there? I have no idea. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know at all. But I think it's a setup for him. Just because he's too outspoken? Yeah. That he keeps saying, you know, he's what? He always says, go against the man. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. <laughs> what? What is he not saying? Well, he yeah, he speaks ill against women, but he always says that the Matrix is bad. Like the... Do like you the, watch Andrew Tate? Uh, I do sometimes. I just watch the viral stuff. He's always against the man. He's always saying it's a setup. It's a matrix, the conspiracies and everything. Mm. So, and then he called it, and last year, technically last year, he said, I'm going to get arrested or killed. And he got Oh, he arrested. said that? Yeah. Mm. He says that what's going to happen is I'm going to get arrested or killed, like I just said. And then he got arrested. <laughs> like he Can you hear that? It's not picking up. All right. It's two minutes into this fucking thing, and the dog's already barking out of control. It ran out of peanut butter. Did you? Where is it? She's in her room, in a cage. Upstairs with peanut butter. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your shirt's been here since before we even started this. Your grown-up uh, Mortal Kombat kid shirt. Oh, that's where it is. Yeah. Oh, good. I thought I uh, lost it. Thought that Stacy threw it away. Maybe, possibly. <laughs> you have Mortal Kombat <laughs> bed sheets. <laughs> Well, she's not thrilled about 
JDF hanging in my uh, room. Who's that? Oh, you have the Green Ranger in your room? Yeah, he had, he autographed uh, a little oh, picture right. of himself. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I put it up in my room. He's always watching me. He's <laughs> always watching over me. <laughs> I think today I mainly wanted to talk about, because this has been kind of the story oh. of my life for a couple months, is, and it can segue into different benefits, but starting with VA benefits. How's my fucking gut look in this thing? Is it bad? Because I'm all comfy, but... Your knee's covering it. Right, what dude. about me? Should I do this? <laughs> See? <laughs> I told her that it's kind of femme. She's, like, worrying about pillows. And, like, some people want pillows on their lap. What about my gut? It looks okay from here. Well, what about on the camera? Now. I can't see it. Oh, now it's covered. <laughs> well, it looks good now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to think I'm, like, hiding a boner or something. <laughs> Hey, Kendra, can you go close the door that way? <laughs> so the the VA benefits, your take, when you got out, did you claim any anything at all, period? No, not when I got out. Why didn't you? Because I was, I was afraid that I wouldn't get hired as a cop. That's a valid point. Yeah. Like, one, you know, in the cop world, they can say no and say it's for another reason. They don't have to say, you know, yeah. well, isn't it's like, can they access it? I mean, uh, aside, uh, assuming HIPAA works, is VA outside of HIPAA? Like, do you, do people have a right to know? Well, when you apply for the cop world, they ask you, hey, have you, they ask about the VA benefits and then they ask, what is it for? Really? Mm-hmm. I never got asked about VA benefits. Or maybe they ask about supplemental the, income. Or income. disability or something. Disability? I don't know. I always, I didn't do do anything with it because I was afraid that if I said anything the cop world they would just say no mm. even physical disabilities yeah everything uh, well because there, there was a time where people wanted to be a cop and it would you know they were turning people away now they want everybody and anybody to be a cop because nobody wants to be a cop yeah and and for the record you're never going to be getting VA disability ever in your life, right? Never. Never. Ever, ever, ever. Uh, so, but like, I noticed that, and I know you noticed this too, there's uh, dudes that have never deployed to a combat zone that are making more yes. in disability than Yeah, they, well, they know how to work deployed. the system. Which is weird because now there's a, a way you can claim stress light. A stressful lifestyle? PTSD, you can claim. Is that, fall, I mean, I guess it falls under PTSD, but. Yeah, boot camp PTSD. Ch- change of lifestyles. Something oh, like that. I don't it's know. a change of lifestyle. Which, I mean, I'm not against it because I, you know, I talked to somebody a couple weeks ago and they were asking my opinion about it. And I'm like, listen, half America rapes the government from benefits in, in some way, shape, or form. Of course, yeah. So, if you can get yours, you might as well get yours. You know, you got people. I'm in line behind somebody buying forty dollars in lotto tickets with an EBD card. EBT card buying their also their carton of eggs. Yeah. So you know, it's it's just trying to, uh, to beat the system, and uh, I haven't done it right yet. <laughs> That's it. Because there's people that have never deployed that get. 100% disability, 70, clues, 70% disability. Which flavor? Uh, not green. Okay. Oof. That's it, right? 
It's going to give me... Which one? That one. Teal. Okay. Teal. <laughs> Teal flavor. <laughs> yeah, with the VA, and also, too, they ask you everything when you get back in country. Like, when you want to go home. When So, when I got back in, it was what? Uh, Demob, right? Yeah, pre We don't do those. So, okay. Or the active duty doesn't do those. That's okay, so one. when you... So, you do pre-mob, demob. Pre-mob is... Obviously, before you're going into country, you do a few. So you guys are active for like two, two and a half years for one deployment. Yes. Or it was it's it's well, you do the pre mob, you're training and doing for like all six this months, bullshit. right? Yeah, it's for a, a little bit, and then uh, when you get back, it's called the mob, and you go to I went to, I think uh, El Paso and Camp Shelby, Mississippi, and they send you to every station, and it's like medical and. Uh, turning in all your gear and shit like that. And in the, it's like they keep rushing you. They want you out of there. And everybody wants to go home. So it's always on. Yeah, because that's different. Because when we get out of active duty, mm-hmm. we spend like the last couple weeks doing that. And you, if you, because. So if anybody doesn't know, when you get out of the military, you have the option to claim disability in some way that the the military fucked you up whether it be physically or mentally Mm -hmm. so and you get that compensation for the rest of your life every month and it goes up with inflation so um so naturally when guys get out if they you know if they busted up their knee you know it's meant it's meant for like if you have an injury that is going to affect you for the rest of your life the, the military is going to compensate you for the rest of your life, right? So they're not medically retired. You know, you don't get free health care or anything. But for that one particular thing, you are going to be taken care of. So when I was getting out, I remember our sergeants told us, and then I got out in 2012, these guys, I did my five years, but these guys had done three, four, five deployments to Iraq. And they were like, if your bitch ass claims PTSD, I'll fucking throat punch you. So, you, and you felt like shit. Like those guys, yeah. were, those guys were getting jailed, DUI, divorced, beating their wives, you know, the whole nine yards. Cause they were super fucked up. And I felt like I had, what, the, what was that? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, yeah, they always made you feel like you couldn't say anything. That if you said something, you were a bitch. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that you weren't, you know, a man. You have to pretty much hold everything in. <clears throat> and at each station, they would rush you through because they want to get everybody done. And they would always say, hey, it's on your time. So the faster you get it done, the faster yeah, you can be you can off. Go home. And everybody wanted to be <laughs> off. Everybody wanted to be home. <sighs> So that was the the messed up part about it, and they say, "Hey, keep all your records, so when you do it after, you yeah, can do show it after. It. Go, you know, yeah, you can do it later. It's way, it's ten times harder. Yeah, you can do it oh, later. Shit, I have all my records, and they say, no, we keep records of everything. They don't. But yeah, the PTSD thing. If you claim PTSD, mm-hmm. I don't recall if law enforcement ever asked me if I collect benefits or whether. Well, they, they ask about me. counseling. They do that. They yes. do that. They and ask about actually, that. Actually, well, I guess technically to get evaluated for a psych, a psyche evals, is that counseling or is that just an evaluation? I don't know. I just know there's some medical questions in law enforcement because they want to know if, like, I guess that, I have no idea. I'm surprised they haven't waived that yet either. 
Yeah. So, but my dad brought up a really good point. Um, is that? Sorry, I got a burp. Sorry. Um, is that? What if the government decides to red flag people with mental disorders? Because that's the one thing that everybody feels like they can. Ag- I feel like everybody agrees on is that people with mental disabilities or, you know, issues like that probably shouldn't own guns, right? And I think that's universal. Everybody b- agrees on that. But if you're if you're getting VA benefits from a deployment in Iraq 15 years ago, all right, you know, do you think not you? Yeah. Sam doesn't get VA benefits. No, zero percent. <laughs> Rated zero. Thank you for my service. <laughs> but you know, I so again that that that's what again I was always afraid to do anything with the government because they don't give a shit. They'll screw you over. You're just a number. And when you apply for a cop job or government jobs, if you have anything that's off, they just put you aside and give it to somebody else. And that's what, uh, the shitty about it. Sorry. I'm going to take my PTSD out on that fucking dog. Mm-hmm. Give me um, chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut butter chocolate. <laughs> so the, um, but yeah, with uh PTSD, do you, do you think that first responders, and I need you, I need Sam to be real, a real Sam for once, not okay. just cynical like you're okay, a bitch. Okay. Do you think first responders suffer from PTSD? Yes, of course. Yes, I think I, I would say this is gonna be. I would say first responders have more of a PTSD than soldiers because it's an everyday thing. As soldiers, they prep. They kind of prep you for the worst. As a first responder, you go to a fucked up situation, and it and it's not just death. It's just. I remember I had to go to a call where a mom was suspecting her uncle or her brother, the uncle of the little girl, of being inappropriate. So she put a camera in the room. And it was like a 10-minute video of this Like, that's fucked up to see. Did you watch it? Yeah, I had to watch it. (laughs) Sam, just go ahead and watch it. Let me know what you got. (laughs) You have to watch it. He's like, yeah, he's... I'm not like that. It's fucked up. It's terrible. That's that's, that's that's something common, though. But dark humor... We're going to go back to PTSD, and if I don't, remind me, but I'm sure we will. Is that dark humor has been proven as a way for first responders to cope. Of course. Yeah, and yeah. Everything from BWCs to news cameras and everything capturing the dark humor as if you don't have that, you can't let it out. So mm-hmm. dark humor is the only way where you don't feel like a bitch and you don't go get counseling and therapy and talk to your wife like a normal person. If you bottle it up inside, dark humor is the only way out. But I feel that it's PTSD with the first responder is different because in the military you do it for a year and then you have the rest of your life to think about that year, not taken away from it. Yeah. I think it's a different type. Whereas a first responder, it's every day until you plan to retire. Mm-hmm. So it's a lifestyle that you're learning to live with. And like you said, I can't speak for every soldier or every Marine or everybody that's been deployed, but my life as a first responder 
has probably pro- produced or put me through more traumatic events than oh the yeah. And well, the, as also as a first responder, I would say the biggest difference in a first responder and as a soldier is everybody loves a soldier. Everybody, when you're in uniform, oh, thank you for protecting us and all at that the airport. Bullshit. Yes, <laughs> but when you're a first responder, from- people hate you. I don't know how many times people give the oh, finger. Oh, first yeah. responders as a cop, people yeah. hate you. Oh yeah, as a cop, yeah. people love the firefighters and nurses. And and, and, and I and I'm a firm believer, cops. I don't mind shitting on firefighters and then cops are the first responders. Of course, you have to everything to yeah. for multiple reasons. A, it's a say it's a safety thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we we show up first to anything that could be considered dangerous, and B, we're already out on yeah. the road. We're not responding from a typically from a, a location so that makes it statistically we're going to get there first on most calls so i feel like we are the real first responders so keep going yeah i forgot <laughs> so well we were talking about uh people hate cops. yeah well everybody well not everybody but it's just that when you get to a scene nobody ever calls the police to say they're having a good day yeah they're having a bad scenario and you got to be there and at the end you make the last choice and no matter what, somebody's going to be pissed off at you. Well, it's it's weird, too, that a lot of people don't consider, and most I don't think most first responders consider how many, like, shitty, like, no, it's not normal to give someone CPR. It's not normal to put a tourniquet on somebody. It's not normal to stick your fingers in holes. Yeah, that's, it's that's not what normal I'm saying. That's to why do. Because I feel like as a, as a cop, it's more personal when you get there as to as being a soldier they brainwash the shit out of you to say hey that's the enemy that's it but as a when you get there as a cop like i don't know how many i lost count of i go there and the old person's dying and you have to do cpr on the old person and their family's crying around you and shit like that that that's could affect your you know well what do they what do they call the cpr that's Strictly for a show. It's called something where you're just doing it to do it, even though they're like, well, old. You're, so you you're supposed that? to do it because we can't pronounce <laughs> you're not somebody a dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's ice cold. Un- until their head's chopped off. Yeah. <laughs> you're just making it worse at sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it's like I've done CPR. I don't. I don't know. I guess I just get like, well, it's not lucky. I did CPR. The last one I did was on a baby. And I responded with someone. And I remember going there like, why the fuck do you CPR on a baby? Because I know there's like, there's a baby, then there's a kid, and then there's adults. I think 12 and over is, is one category. And like from 2 to 12 is another category. We don't use as much pressure. No, use the two fingers. Two fingers on the chest. And then the babies are the ones where you flip them. Mm -hmm. And I remember going there and uh, I remember thinking like, I, I think I know what to do, but like it was just tunnel vision, you know, and we get there and everybody's looking at you to fix. Yeah. Mom throws the baby. I have this on video. Mom throws the baby at me like a football. Like Uh, I get the baby. I sit down and luckily the deputy that was with me. I don't know if she was like, because she wasn't doing it, she was able to think clearer. She like walked me through it. And then I guess it wasn't breathing because it was, it had to vomit. And it like, as soon as I started on the back, it blew all over my boots and started 
breathing again. So, but I mean, that's, and then of course FD shows up like seven minutes later. I don't really know if that baby would have been able to make it seven minutes, but that, again, the first responders, you know, that, yeah, that, and that's why I think that the PTSD category falls more towards the cop world because it's something that's unique every time that you go somewhere. What about this too, as a cop, again, not shitting on firefighters or anybody, but you know, typically when you're sitting at the firehouse, you kind of, you kind of know what you're going to go to. Very rarely you're going to go to an actual fire. You're going to go to some type of medical call with a cop. You're sitting there and it is all of a sudden, it's one thing from, it could be a medical call where you're going to give CPR or it could be where you're about to pull the trigger on somebody. Mm -hmm. And within four minutes, you could be somewhere. I mean, even, even, even earlier where you're sitting there watching Netflix, sitting there doing whatever. Yeah, it's that's and then you could fast forward a couple minutes and you could be in the most stressful and you just killed somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it can happen that fast. I watched the cop video, a guy responded to a fire, and when he got there, the guy he started the fire, but he had a knife on him and the cop ended up killing him. And he was just responding to a fire. Really? Yeah. Wow. So you go from that to that. It's uh pretty shitty. And then just anything with death. Suicides, that's a lot. You see a lot of suicides. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Kendra over there is the angel of death. She's probably seen more dead bodies in her law enforcement career than anybody I know. To be fair, I used to volunteer to go because nobody knew how to do Yeah. Well, usually those are... They're easy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's true. You call the detective. Well, I... Yeah. Uh, without talking about our agency, their, yeah. that stupid graph they gave us, I have no idea who to call. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> it's like some line graph. And if you mess up, suspicious? you get yelled at. This no, way. You Why are you calling me? Yeah. Did you, you call, call the blue guy? arrow? Uh, sorry, okay. <laughs> My sergeant told me I'm calling you. <laughs> yeah, I never uh, understood that graph. But, yeah, suicides... Overdoses is a big thing. I mean, oh, it, but God, it is so hard. Annoying. It is hard to. <laughs> <laughs> you probably. <laughs> it's hard to have empathy. Oh, <laughs> For the listeners, that's, that's <laughs> it's hard to have empathy. I'm not saying I don't have empathy, but it, the struggle's real. When people are ODing all the time. Yeah, it's a ton. I mean, because me and you work in not so great areas. I mean, I, I mean, yours is probably a little bit better than the last area you work, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, where we from where we both came from, um, last like two years, I mean, there's overdoses. That's all the that's time. nationwide. Because That's true. even at my other places, the ODs are like crazy. Then I couldn't imagine. Now, this is where I feel for the firefighters. I cannot imagine being a firefighter in today's world, working a busier district. I mean, you can't get sleep. You're supposed to be able to sleep on your shift, right? But you, there's no way. I have. We have to get a firefighter in here because I've yeah, heard of them like trading shifts and that 12 hours – They'll be on call in their 24 oh. and 12 hours. They'll be off. Okay, so they kind of break it up. Yes, but 
I'm not 100% on that. We have to get a firefighter in here. We'll have him wear a ski mask or something. <laughs> <laughs> so here can sit, tell us. I got that. one. I got a I got a buddy that I've been trying to get on here. He did yeah. uh he did that wild deployment to a uh, 173rd did where they did the Restrepo movie on there. Oh, that? okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember the fire there were firefighters the at uh in Iraq and all they did well, now we're getting off topic, but like when they would mortar, I was and, pretty much infantry. Yeah. <laughs> when they would get the the, the the trailers would get burned up, they would wait till the shit burns the down. The chews, there you go. <laughs> when the pogs, when the bo- the pogs burn down their chews, <laughs> when the mortars would hit and they would burn oh. down. <laughs> Got that little fucking fryer on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever sure. have those in the barracks rooms? Oh, you guys didn't stay in barracks in the National Guard, never mind. No, I always stayed in. So when I was in Iraq, we stayed in that one shithole building in Babel, I think it was. So it was an old, it was, it was the best thing about that was there was T walls around this building and the building was like three stories high. This was next to loyalty. Oh yeah. So I stayed in a, what is it called? A cob? I was at a cob. Cause it was well, like probably well, we 50 were, dudes So there. for anybody else who doesn't know this, when back Back in the day when there was a war going on in Iraq, there would usually be a big centralized FOB, forward operating base. Outside of that FOB, there's little, there used to be called COPS. But then when we were in, they changed it, I think, to JSS, Joint Security Station, when we started mingling with the locals to have them take care of their own problem. Anyways, they're the little outposts, and they're way shittier, and they usually, if they have power, it's always shutting down. And, you know, some of them have water... Uh, no, no, we had two porter johns for yeah. 50 fucking dudes yeah. and they were cracked. I remember we had a shower, but you had to shower in the dark with cold water. It's probably like something like prison with other dudes. And, uh, but <sighs> I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, so we were explaining. Oh, that was a, wait, wait. That was another thing that I claim my PTSD, not a PTSD, the, where I was at Babel was right next to a fucking garbage facility where they would burn shit. And all yeah. that shit landed right on our base. Our, all the, the MRAPs and Humvees were all black and I shit tried. all the time. And they said, Zero. Yeah, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> I just breathed in. Yeah. yeah. Six months of fucking <laughs> shit and dead bodies, too. So I, uh, but when what, an RJSS, which is the little shitty establishment outside the big base, we had a, two story or, or a three story or it had three stories but i stayed on the second story and it was completely exposed the 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 t wall ended at like 12 feet or something like that maybe maybe yeah. something it wasn't like that, that big. it was just i don't know what it we was left like. we left in first first mountain first mountain division jesus christ 10th mountain 10th mountain division one of those fucking leg units they uh they took over from us and like i think like a week later two weeks later um they got hit that where I slept got hit. Now, granted, there was a bunch of politics going on. Mm-hmm. So when you take over an AO as a commander, you work with the local, you know, people. And if you don't, you got it's politics. And if you don't play by their game a little bit, then people get blown up. And if you play their game and you work with them, all of a sudden the bomb stop. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I remember there was a kid. I was on leave at this point. <clears throat> uh, Cause I was cool with him. And then when I went on leave, I came back. I didn't see him for like a month or two. And then he came back. I was like, Hey, so you've been gone. I said, what happened, bro? 
He's like, oh, shit. He showed me. This was on the third floor. They shot an RPG. It went through the locker and all strap metaled him. He went to Germany. He stayed a couple weeks. Then they sent him right back. But he got a Purple Heart and everything. He was super happy about it. (laughs) But that was the third floor. They shot an RPG right at it. And they sent him back? Yeah. There's not enough of you over there. (laughs) We need you to go back, bro. He's like, I got free college, though. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. Thanks. So. Yeah. The what? Well, well, PTSD like first responders against soldiers or. I just think I mean because we I mean me and Ken just talk about it all the time. PTSD I believe is obviously is a real thing, but for a lot, you can have I think you can have PTSD from anything. Like. But you, then there's a point that how do you, I've been well I've been through it so much that somebody else that comes into it, it hurts them more then it would hurt me because I'm so used to it. You're callous to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's hard because like, I mean, I sent a, I posted a meme once. I don't think anybody got it, but I said, my PTSD, my PTSD is worse than your PTSD. Yes. Because then everybody starts comparing. Because I saw this one thing where it was like, not just veterans have PTSD. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, you know, hey, everybody, we get it. Everybody's got PTSD, you know. I would say that, in the soldier world, it's, uh, I don't know, just mind-blowing to see a third-world country. And then in the cop world, it's a daily thing that going to someone's house that they have really bad problems that you saying, don't have. Oh, uh, like people in the uh, less fortunate neighborhoods yeah. in America? Yeah. Even, even that, but like, I don't know, just... <clears throat> PTSD affects everybody different, I guess. At the end, I realized no one gives a shit. No. <laughs> no one really everybody gives a wa- shit. I mean, and everybody... Well, we just talked about people... Oh, feel free to shed your light on people with service animals. Oh, God. <laughs> service animal. Dog calms them down. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, There's but it's, it technically dog. isn't it? it just having... Having a dog to calm you down, just kind of having a pet. That's a people don't get dogs to have dogs. They get dogs because they enjoy their company. Yeah, right. Does that make it a service animal, or is that your fucking pet? I guess so. I don't want to. <laughs> I see them. I see these service animals with these tactical vests, and because you can't legally ask, right? You're not allowed to inquire well, you're not about supposed it. To. Yeah. So, I remember you we. Can ask. There's a difference between emotional support and service. Well, I I feel like with anything with HIPAA, you just can't ask. I think like where we work on our off duty at that certain spot, they ask, "Is it a service animal?" It's a yes or no question. I think that's what, that's, Is it a service that's animal? What he said. Yeah. If it's a yes, can it come in? It's supposed to, yeah. Because if you challenge it, because if you're oh, because but if you're like no, it's just my family pet, they can be like get it out of here. Yes. But if you have a service iguana with a t- with a tactical vest yes, on, or that fucking poodle, yeah, that's a service animal. That's yes. shitting everywhere yes. and not and you know, and barking at everybody. It's <laughs> my service animal. Sam. <laughs> that's my service animal. <laughs> she won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I think that shit it is a little ridiculous. We used to know a dude. I mean. It's been a couple years. He was one of those guys that did a deployment and just like 
You know those dudes that didn't do anything because they tell you about how much they did? Mm-hmm. Not trying to shit on anybody again. And I don't think not doing stuff is cool and doing stuff is cool. But, I mean, when you come home and make a big deal about it to the point where you need a service animal, you know, don't let your, you know, your history come back to haunt you because yeah. this guy, he got, it was in, it wasn't, hey, Kendra. Yeah. Pay attention. Yeah. yeah. I, I do like how you asked. So, <laughs> hey, Sam says you got to crawl over here. <laughs> which way? Which color? Teal. I don't care. Teal, not red. red. Not green. No one likes fucking green. I don't know why they make lemon flavored seltzers. All right, so teal or light red? Um, Ooh, whatever. Surprisingly, I don't care. Thank you. What a surprise! Oh, did you mess it up? No, it's fine. Okay, so what were you going to say? I don't know. That was about some dude that got kicked out of a bar for a service dog or something because he thought he had the right to be there. He said it was because of the service dog, but it was because he was the investigate to the bar. Oh, so yeah, like right, like there's always a go around, right? If someone doesn't, if the fucking bar doesn't want you in there with your fucking dog, and you try to pull that, instead of just going, "Hey, Sparky, they don't like us veterans," and getting the fuck out, you make a big deal about it. They can just kick you out for another reason. Like you're an asshole. Get the fuck out. That's it. Let your dog. And even in the video, the bartender was like, "No, the dog can stay. You gotta go." He's just digging in. <laughs> Did he get arrested or just kicked out? Yeah, they just made a big deal about it. It was on the, the news. Came to kick him out and trespassing, but he didn't go to jail. So, talking about with cops and PTSD and veterans, I always fucking hated going to a domestic. And when this is my experience, the male beat the wife and he blamed his PTSD. That always a domestic is a type of call that law enforcement goes to, where two time. people living together in a family situation are in a disagreement. Or a physical altercation. And this guy said, "I, I that's not a good. I, I, I hit my wife because of the war. <laughs> because of Kuwait. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what? What did your wife have to do with the war? <laughs> I always hated that. I have PTSD, so this is my excuse. I've only seen, I've seen maybe one real one. Um, and Kendra was with me." It was in the middle of a hurricane. It was like 2017. So in Florida, when you get hit with a hurricane, there's no power for X amount of time. Mm-hmm. And the dad, we show up, and dad's like, my boy, my fucking son, I want him out. They got into an argument over. We walked this dark-ass house, and like, I think we went into like a basement or downstairs. I don't know. First floor? Okay. Don't ruin the story. <laughs> it was a basement. And this dude, he was just Scary. like... Dude, it was like, I could just tell, like, that dude, I was like, man, I, that dude's going to whoop our ass. He was a big Marine, too. He was a young, big, just got out. Like, I don't know if he was just an asshole or if it really was PTSD, but he was the only one that I've ever ran into that said they're doing what they're doing because of PTSD. And I was like, oh, shit. Maybe just because he was scary. He was, like, sitting in the corner of the room just staring. Yeah. There was no BJJ that was going to stop that dude. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, so another thing about PTSD in the military is I would <clears throat> compare it to any soldier that goes into the military. You're like a full piece of paper. And the military puts you through the shredder. And then when they're done with you, they expect you to be normal. 
So a lot of guys get fucked up from it, and they're just so angry because nobody gives a shit in the military because everybody has a problem. Yeah, that's true. Everybody has problems, and everybody compares themselves to others, and it just sucks. I wonder what it's like to be in the military right now. I don't know. It looks. Fun. Are there any wars going on? I know we got special forces dudes and stuff. In well, Syria. the Green Berets and the Navy Seals. <clears throat> yeah, they're always finding a reason to go somewhere and to train people and kill people right. and write a book. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's nothing really going on too. But I don't know. What are they going to blame beating their wives on this time? You know, they're going <laughs> to. I got mad at Russia, and I didn't get to go to war, and that's why I hit my wife. There, there's another PTSD of soldiers that never got. To I, do, I agree with that. There's, it's not PTSD. Yeah, but it is a, it's some kind of condition that they have, or not a condition, but it's it's medically there. I don't, it's like so. you prep for war. You want it. They so in the military, they don't show it on the commercials on anything, but they glorifying killing people. They think that's the coolest thing you can do is kill somebody. That's all you want to do. Am I wrong on that? You're not wrong on that. No. they just saying killing people is the greatest thing you can do in the military. I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to name any agencies. And it's not me and you. But isn't there kind of a culture like that in cop work, too? There I mean. Yeah. that's Well, if you always look at those cops that made it and become something great, they have a, well, have you ever heard a? Have you ever had someone explain a cop that you don't know to you, right? Like, have you heard so and so? And you're like, no, I dude, he fucking shot like three people in his career. Like, that's the first one, not how many people he's helped. You know, and that's that is kind of boring when you're like, he's helped so many people. It is way cooler, or not cooler, sorry. It is way more interesting to explain, but it's always that. It's always, yeah. you, you know, Captain So and so. And they're like, no, who's that? He's like, dude, he shot like three people. And he killed like, oh. in the line of duty. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it is. It don't they don't give a shit how many people you saved. But that's just the way it is. And they'll never say it, they'll never own up to it. Not my agency. Or police department, I don't know. I'm really comfortable like this. Is this alright? Huh? Me sitting like this. It's just awkward to have a microphone in my face. I don't know how you ladies do it with a penis, just like right there. It's like violating me. So I don't know if any penises with girth like this. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a stubby little girthy. <laughs> my nose just hit it. Sorry. <sighs> well, what else we got to talk about? Well, I, oh, shit. Yeah. Let me see what was your question is tyler no they ain't gonna be able to <laughs> everybody <laughs> respond now <laughs> no. one of them was like how did you get fat joe to be your co-host <laughs> me <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the best one because i don't care <laughs> Just like super outrageous, I can't read them. Is there anybody else that's going to do this, do or what? am I just going to be the only idiot that's doing this? Doing what? The talk show. It's a, the talk show. <laughs> <laughs> Your little sitcom. <laughs> Your little sitcom. No, I mean, it, I just I sometimes like to have people in that um can be the 
an outside interest to the sometimes boring or not boring, but the limited brain of a cop or a military guy, mm-hmm. like just fucking guns, bro, guns and Trump. Yeah, we need know. we need we need a brainwashed one. We need a firefighter. We need a nurse. Because nurses Do you know a nurse doesn't actually dress like the ones you're thinking of? <laughs> we need one of those nurses. <laughs> I mean, I got some people that come in and I just, you know, um, people that did interesting shit before cop work, I think is kind of cool. I'm trying to figure out whether or not cop work is a good fallback plan for most people or if the job draws certain types of people. Well, I think the <clears throat> the initial draw of cop work is Hollywood and... That's just, a, and it's not nothing. It is like nothing. Ho- yeah, it is nothing like Hollywood. I still watch cop movies just because I like to feel what it felt like before I was a cop thinking that's how cop work was. Yeah. Like, it's, the- it's, <laughs> yeah. I, Hollywood really gets people into being a cop, but being a cop kind of fucking sucks. Uh, we always end up on that topic. <laughs> and it's, it's so hard because cop work is definitely, it's all about, I think you need a lot more time off. I think if somehow they could manage to get cops like every couple weeks of our regular rotation, you get a free week off. Mm -hmm. If they could do that, I think you'd have a lot. Because every time I step away for a while, I take a vacation or just some time off. I come back. I'm a little bit. I can look at my job and go, I got a good job. This is the profession I wanted. I make probably the most money I could make in the profession that I chose to do since I was a kid. Like, but I go to work sometimes and I'm just like full of anxiety and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here because, you know, and it's not like we talked about before. It's not the calls that make the job suck. It's the people you work with sometimes or your superiors. Yeah. And the odd thing about the superiors is they were a cop, too, and they forgot about how it's like to be a cop. Well, I just I, I get uh, when, so like in, in the army, you have your enlisted and your officers, the officers are a fucking joke. They're college kids that don't know shit, and the enlisted went through everything. Am I wrong? <laughs> Am I fucking wrong? Am I fucking there wrong? There are good... So in the military, there are these things called officers. Officers are the enlisted that go they're to not college. Enlisted. No, they're... In, Oh, they're no, yeah, they're not. They go four year degree. They do their stupid college course. I was, and they come out. I was not an an officer. officer. Yeah, no shit. So, but and the enlisted, you have to go through all the shit. It's kind of like something out of like a war movie where you get a young lieutenant in to lead the platoon, and you got a bunch of dudes that have been there for a couple years and know what they're doing. And it's this relationship that has to be formed between officers and enlisted. That officers are the gentlemen of the army. Yeah, they have to trust your enlisted to do their job. The officers. Need to just stay away and do paperwork, essentially. So, essentially, in the cop world, there is no officer and yeah. enlisted. Everybody goes through the police academy. You go through FTO. You go on the road. And then the fucking... Then the then you'll start seeing people's colors when they start going past sergeant. In my mm-hmm. opinion. You will get some good lieutenants that stick to it. But, I mean, the more you climb up in rank, the more they strip away from you. And, as I, I, mean, I mean, as far as, like, your, your real personality. And if you weren't going to drink the Kool-Aid... You're not gonna go places. So yeah. there, once you, once your belly is full from the Kool Aid, you're gonna stop moving. 
Just, well, another thing that irks me is that uh, the cops that were in the 90s and early 2000s that didn't have body cams did their cop work that they, the way they did it. And they're like, oh, I was a cop, too. And it just they're comparing us to them when times were totally different then. Well, and we're also we're paying for the sins of cops 30 years ago. Of course. Society is. I would never in a million years even fathom the thought of doing some of the shit cops did back in the day because that's just how it was. Mm -hmm. That's just what they did. Not saying it's right. That's just the way that cop work was handled. And some of the people still working in a lot of these agencies in this country are those fucking cops. Or they were around at that time. So to say maybe they did it is not, you know, maybe they didn't do it, but they were definitely around it. They definitely condoned it in their brain and they had to unlearn it. And maybe that's why you can't just like when you're biased a certain way and you're like, this is the way it should be. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to tell myself I need to change my thinking with the rest of the times. And then I'm going to go force feed it down new people's throats. Maybe that's why it just comes off. So ungenuine, ingenuine. I don't know. Just gen- not real, but that's my opinion. Yeah, I don't, I don't, those cops, and I, I never understand when cops become like, they just become such dicks. Dude, that's my biggest, that's my biggest, the, what is the problem with going to work and enjoying some trauma with your buddies and just getting out of it and going home? Like, our job, relatively speaking, can be really shitty at times, and you go to work with people that are fucking Oh, you're talking about dicks to the public? Because I could go into and that all I, day too. Well, I'm, I'm not even saying that. I'm dicks to us. Like, like a, a supervisor. Like, like, you ever show up on scene and not know the other cop and then have this, like, talk to you like you're a fucking piece of shit? Yeah, and you're like, like, what the fuck? You're like, is there somebody behind me? Because I know you're not talking to me like that. Yeah. You know? And I, They're just I, miserable. I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I'm super nice until you, you know, until you're an asshole and then. But yeah, and then you know, uh, you I could go for days about why people, cops don't help themselves. Cops are the worst to themselves in our profession. Yeah, we hurt. You know, we hurt. We hurt the profession more than anybody because, you know, there has to be cops out there that enforce different types of laws that people don't really care for. Or mm-hmm. like I went the route of, and so did you, arresting real crime. And, you know, we always say like, and and you're even more OG than me. I'm not going to share our things, you know, like something I think is cool. Sam's like, okay, <laughs> but you know, I mean, but I try to stick to like crime, you know, like I don't like writing tickets cause I don't like fucking with the taxpayers and I don't like ruining someone's day on their way to work. I don't like being the last thing someone sees that I brought to them when they go sit at work at nine in the morning, just got a ticket or four and they're like, I fucking hate cops. And they remember my face. Now, if you if now, but it was something that I find justifiably or, you know, to charge someone with that. I'm okay with it and I can sleep at night, you know, but you know, I'm not a ticket writer, but there's, but you have to have cops that are that write tickets. You have to at the end. Yeah. Because well, people in the state of Florida, people fucking drive like maniacs and, how many traffic deaths happen every day? It's just, it's insane. But yeah, you got to have that dickhead cop that writes tickets and all the time. But you need to have uh, one that's 
chill. Just maybe they'll learn their lesson. Well, there's that. What other cops are there that people don't like? I think it's usually just tickets. I don't. What I. I think what most of the public can see right fucking through is our awful community relations. And I don't mean our agency, I mean just law enforcement in general. Uh, community relations is such a CYA, PG, yep. cannot relate to anybody but old people and kids and everybody in the fucking middle is like, what the fuck is this shit? Like the video that, I can't talk about it. Yeah. You can't it's really, it's awful. like, it's so funny that in the community relations, like, it's so fake. You can't just be real with people. Yeah. You can't be, like, essentially, you just can't be a human with them. Like, you throw an event, like, they, any agency throws an event for the community and public. And they can't just, it starts off great, and then it just starts getting so fucking tacky. And it's like, admins got to come in and just shit all over it. Like, get a couple street cops out there, open up a grill. And, and just bullshit. Let it go. That's the best. And sometimes that, that used to happen. Like, I don't know if it used to. It always starts that way. And then they start fucking ruining it with shit. Like a DJ playing PG music and a bunch of people out there dancing like fucking retards. And, you know, obviously there's nothing more embarrassing to me than a cop dancing around in uniform trying to appease the public or yep. pander to people and also feeling a little good about it themselves because they're in a uniform and everyone's looking at them, you know. But and it, it's like it goes back to where when you're a cop, you, you just can't be real. You got to be fake. That's hey, red. I got some Trulies in the fridge. Oh, okay. Well, I brought this. Dude, these things will put a fucking gut on you, man. A gut? A gut. I don't know if it's like the type of sugar in the alcohol or. Or what it is, but I, I, I thought I was going to have a better shape, <laughs> so I replaced beer with these, and I, no. my belly exploded. So. Yeah, well, I'll use that as my excuse <laughs> for that one guy that said I'm fat. Fat Mexican. Fat Mexican. You'll eat another burrito. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, in the cop world, you can't be 100%. You can't have well. A, you, you can't can. have a. You can't have an opinion. You can't be real with people because it'll offend well, if somebody. You're real with, here's the thing: is you're real with someone, and then you have a really good conversation, and you're realizing you're relating to this person very well. However, you're now you're getting nervous that your agency's not going to like your conversation with them. Correct. And now you're like, should I shut my camera off and be real with this person who still would probably love that? I guess things. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Who would probably love that? But, you, you know, you always have to run the risk of, you know, you're having a good conversation with them. You shut your camera off. You're ha it's rude to fucking film somebody. It's rude. When you're yeah. having a personal conversation, it's fucking rude to have a camera in their face and be a government bot. So you give them something. And then, oh, God forbid, they say, he touched my boob. And you're yeah. like, oh, I did it. And then you don't have video of it. <laughs> That's it. It's a weird place to put a boobs on it's some like a shorter. trust. It's a trust thing. 
Same thing with kids. They're like, they don't want you to curse with kids, but kids curse all the time. If you curse Dude, with a kid, yes, they they'll trust relate you. to you. Yeah. They trust you way more. And like, I'm not saying cursing at them, but cursing with them. If you tell, if you're talking to a kid and you're trying to talk some sense into them and you drop a couple F-bombs and a couple S-bombs in there and you're not swearing at them, but you're swearing when you talk to them and not even talking down to them or mad at them, you're just talking with them and you say shit. You say YouTube, I guess, doesn't like the F word, but I've said it like 18 times. If you say fuck. Yeah. Like if you say, yeah, if you say any curse word with a teenager and it's not at them or offending them, they relate to you and they tell you more. Yeah. But per any pretty much cop policy, you got to be professional. And that's like the umbrella of screwing a cop over. Yeah. The, uh, what's that? What's that catch all um, conduct unbecoming? That's every agency has one where yep. they can just go, you know what? Yeah. I've seen people get awards in the same week they get write-ups for the same fucking call. It's like, holy shit. You can't at least cancel them out and go, eh. Uh, you was going to get an award, but you you wore a toboggan when you're not supposed to. Yep. So <laughs> That's just how it is. It's that's the it's the cop world is a lose-lose situation. You can do one thing right, but somebody else will say, hey, that's wrong, and then you're screwed. That's why it sucks. That's why it sucks. To be a cop. Because it's everybody shitting on you. I don't think we've ever wrapped up a podcast. Most likely one of these cameras has died (laughs) from battery loss, ran out of storage. A ghost fucking turned it off. Are they on? You want to hear about a ghost story? Uh, Let's see. Let's see. Are you done? That's not a question. (laughs) Is is Stacy already like, (laughs) when are you going to be home? (laughs) So, wait, 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 wait. Last night or the night before, uh, it was like four in the morning and all the lights just turned on. No bullshit. And I don't remember. At your house? Yeah. And I said, Stacy, why'd you turn on the lights? <laughs> I got all pissed at her for turning. <laughs> and she got freaked out because I was in bed and I looked at her. I was like, why the fuck do you turn on all the lights? And I made her turn them all off. Well, maybe your house is haunted because you maybe. had that weird ass clip. Maybe. That was yeah. Right? Yeah, that was my neighbor. But still. Yeah, they, they all shot on like at fucking four in the morning. So she was like, you went out and you said, why are all the lights on? Turn them off. And she's like, I had to go turn off all the lights by myself. With a ghost. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Well, I don't care about that. You should so. come with us investigate your house. No, I don't want to bring more shit into my house. Would you ever play with a Ouija board? I, I would, yeah. See, that's polar opposites. I would Oh, I don't get because I at the end I don't. I, I don't. used to have this thing where I was like, I used to have this mentality like if Melton Bradley can make a fucking Ouija board, then I don't believe that it has powers. However, I think that's the most white person thing you could ever do is play with a Ouija board, in my opinion. Yes, you guys love to fucking fuck with ghosts and shit and ghosts and goblins goblin ghouls (laughs) (laughs) you guys love doing that exploring the unknown when it's not necessary the whites got that 
like jumping into a lake. There's probably no gators in here. Correct. What do you want to talk about next time? I don't know. I heard uh, they made with his boob shirt. <laughs> it was. He's the way a good he dude. <laughs> He's a good dude. It's the way. I mean, I would be the same way if I if I was sitting the way. If I didn't, if I had his boob shirt, I wouldn't wear that. If I was like fucking Thor, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't wear a shirt anywhere. But <laughs> but I'm not. Yeah, that's why I wear these black shirts. Yeah, you really can't tell. I'm gonna get my stomach in my lower pelvic area. <laughs> what are you gonna get? get he laughed at me, and then he realized I wasn't laughing, so he tried to stop laughing. <laughs> Go ahead, get your low lower pelvic. I am. I'm, I don't know. I'm. I think I'm gonna get a graveyard, right above my crotch, up into my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's weird. Just... <laughs> What's wrong with that? No, it's really cool. <laughs> this guy's got fucking Jack Skellington on his arm. <laughs> yeah, ladies like that. What the fucking? Venom. Nobody ever gets a thirteen-year-old goth girls. <laughs> Do you need a daddy? <laughs> I'm cool too. <laughs> I'm hip. Oh, that was kind of weird for a thirteen-year-old. I met like 13 year olds that are adults now. 13 year olds that were. Because it came out, like you were one of them. It came out, it like respawned that fucking Nightmare Before Christmas movie. Help me out, guys. <laughs> it came out like in 2003 or four. It respawned. God, shit. Just I'm going to cut it out. Just, no, just stop. 13 year olds yeah. <laughs> she really she cool was mature. She me. knew my Jack Skellington. 